Hello and welcome back to Fitcast. I am your host, Molly Edwards, and today I have with me my little sister, Kate. Hello. Kate? Introduce myself. Introduce yourself. Who are you, apart from being my um, Yeah, I'm the little of the Edwards, and I competed this year. I did four competitions, and yeah, I'm sure we'll go over most of it throughout the podcast. Yeah, so are you, do you want to talk a bit like about kind of what got you into it your competing history yeah um so it's a bit of a long one how I got into it really it's fine um so yeah always did sports at school um into lots of gymnastics and stuff um and then I kind of stopped doing as much sports when I got to college and I found drinking which was quite fun um, but then I went away on a ski season, got a little bit chunky because food. Um, and then, sorry, you did gymnastics at uni as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I did. I, I did like one competition at uni, but it was just um, varsity. So it was like the two unis. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, still picked it up quite easily. Still had like the muscle memory to do it. Um Sorry, you can hear his auntie Kate, so he's he's barking. He wants to see you. <laughs> Whenever I go away, I'm going through Bristol, like Kate gets the dog, or she just gives me a message. <laughs> can I have the dog? I miss him. I think it's because yeah. right outside. Yeah, did yeah, did do gym at uni. And then when I was in France, I messaged you and I was like, I want to start doing some more workouts. Um, which did a little bit of. Um, and then when I came back from France, we went into lockdown. So I carried on doing a as well didn't you like as they were locking down yeah yeah we were like sent pack in um I think we were like two weeks um like ahead of the UK so I was I was ringing you wasn't I being like Molly I need to get home I need to get out of France like ASAP Rocky and you were like no stay there fine weeks (laughs) yeah little did we know um but blessing in disguise really wasn't it I don't know, was it? Yeah, well, then that got me here. So came back, carried on with your plan for a bit. Um, And then I did the eight-week challenge with Kerry, um, Kerry Sexton. Lucky, because you were staying with mum, weren't you, in lockdown? Because I was with dad and you with mum. And they'd got, like, a little garage gym. Our brothers, our stepbrothers have got... um, yeah, a little gym in the garage, which they'd set up before lockdown, hadn't they? So you'd got that to kind of work, yeah. which was quite... Yeah, we were pretty well set up, really. We had, like, squat rack, a bench, adjustable dumbbells. So, yeah, I could train from there, which was pretty cool. Then, yeah, we did the eight-week challenge at Kerry. Um, and I did really enjoy that, having the structure and the food plan. Um, I can't remember how much I lost in that, but I think I went down to 120 pounds for that. It was like my lowest weight. And then from there, after that, I think I went back to you to be like, I need a new plan because I don't know what I'm doing. I can't stick to a goal. Yeah. Um, and I think I did kind of then like, oh, maybe I would enjoy competing. Like I've watched you do it. Um, and then I sort of toyed with the idea and then you said about, oh, why don't you speak to Vaughan, have a chat, see how it goes. So I hopped on a call with Vaughan and I just 
like instantly he was really motivating he was like we will get you strong as fuck like you'll be the biggest baddest bitch in the gym when we get to gyms which we didn't realize I think at the time how long that was really gonna be yeah um from there he said let's go into an off season we'll build up because you were quite lean weren't you yeah I was quite lean when I was working with Carrie um I did shred off a fair amount and I think it kind of gave me a good idea of where my sort of start point was Mm. as to obviously I've not got the muscle to go on stage um but if I was to build then I could look at doing it yeah then you started obviously with Vaughn and you did you you started to build for sure didn't you and kind of it was never the idea you would you were working with Vaughn for a year before you started to prep weren't you um I started with Vaughn in yeah yeah it would have been November I started with him and I think we started prepping would have been yeah it would have been November again because it was my birthday I was in prep and my housemate bought me a cruffin for breakfast always good when you're in prep (laughs) yeah kind of came up actually in Brad's podcast and you put in the question box something about a a cruffin a krona or a something else yeah you get cruffins cronuts cruffles I can't remember what the others are yeah, which what like what are what are these things? Because we I think we were sat there like, what the fuck is this? A, a cruffin is a croissant muffin, so it was like a croissant with um, biscoff sauce in the middle, and it's kind of made into a muffin sort of shape. It's kind of squishier than a than a crispy cruffin, a crispy croissant. Right. And then a kroner is a croissant donut hybrid, which I'm yet to try. And then a croffle is a croissant waffle. Oh, that's the one we were stuck on. Because I knew what yeah. it was because I used to work opposite MS. So um me and Jack that I used to work with decided to go and get them one day. When I was out of prep, I was like, we're gonna go get cronuts. And we did cronuts, yeah. They were good. I fully recommend to anyone that's not in prep, anyone that is in prep, which is any of my clients listening that are in prep, especially, <laughs> you're not having them. No croffins, no cronuts, no cruffles, whatever. No waffles, donuts, nothing. Not until after show. Then you can eat as much as you want. Um. So yeah, so you started prep obviously a year after like a strong year off season. Yeah. Um. And like, how did you find that? Um. What prep side of things? Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that? Um. It was, to be honest, it was quite daunting not knowing many other competitors and people that have been through it. Because um, you were to begin with of knowing people, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't really know m- many people at all. And I was training in Pure Gym. So there wasn't many people there that I spoke to. There was obviously one of the managers there, Laura. I ended up becoming friends with her and she competed in figure. Um, but to be honest, I think through prep, I mainly came to you I spoke to Brad quite a bit but there wasn't really many others that I knew until I went to the posing workshop um PCA posing workshop where I met a few others and then we started the group chat after I think that was like three weeks out 
But up until that, I didn't really know many people. And I remember on the day of the PCA workshop, I kind of said to you, I was like, I don't even know if I want to go and meet the other competitors. Like, I don't want to know who I'm against and to fry my head with it. Yeah, because I really dragged you along for that, didn't I? I was like, no, you need to go meet people. It'd be good for you. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go. I was excited to go. And then it got close to time and I was like, I don't want to get, you know, get in my head about it. I don't want to meet the other people and worry about, oh, who's le- like leaner than me? Who's got bigger quads than me? I mean, everyone's got bigger glutes than me. <laughs> that goes without saying. But, you know, you don't want to sit there and compare and then stress yourself out for the next three weeks because you've got in your head. But yeah. at the same time, we ended up meeting, we met Georgia and Erin. Um, and swapped Instagrams with them and then Georgia obviously made the group chat and met loads of other people through there so that was like really helpful for that last bit because then suddenly you're in this group chat with 20 other girls and you're all saying the same thing yeah you kind um, of then that it, you're not on your own with it like the kind of weird headspace that you're in kind of food cravings and stuff like it is yeah normal you're not a complete weirdo yeah I think before then being around all people who don't really train was quite difficult because you try and explain things but you're like there's only so much I can explain that you'll get and then the rest of it you'll be like why the fuck are you wearing blueberries for you know like so there is that side to it but I think prep mainly was all okay there was obviously the Biscoff incident um which you know (laughs) Because a lot of people won't talk about it. Yeah. I'm more than open to talk about the Biscoff incident because if I had footage of the Biscoff incident, (laughs) honestly, if you had CCTV of me, I think it was about, I don't know, maybe six o'clock in the morning. I'd got ready for work and one of my housemates was a chef. So he'd brought back four kilo and a half tubs of Biscoff spread to the house and when he did it I was he would put on the table and he was like hey friends got us some snacks and everyone's like oh my god amazing whereas I was like are you fucking kidding me are you being fucking serious like I'm like what I think this is about I don't know maybe five six weeks out yeah somewhere around there um and I was like you can't put that kind of temptation in front of me because I have the you know self-control of a three-year-old if you put that in front of me I'm going to try and put it in my face um but anyway I don't know whether your your food focus was quite high yeah I don't know how aware you were of it at the time but like I could tell and I remember having a chat with Brad as well and he was like your sister's really bad I was like no yeah you were really really food focused yeah I was definitely like I wasn't like eating like binging or anything other than the incident but it was just like, I think being with people around me that were always having food and just eating around me, being in an office where you have eight cakes put out every week and then they put on buffets and there's always like, you know, everyone brings in snacks to the office and everything. It was just really shit in that respect that you're just constantly having to turn things down. I remember not shouting at someone for putting a cream egg on my desk, but a firm word about it, which I then went back apologized for and <laughs> they said to one of my friends like you'll never believe what Kate did earlier she hissed and spat at me when I put a cream egg on her desk <laughs> and I was like yeah I fucking did you put a cream egg on my desk it was like go on eat it go on <laughs> um but the Biscoff incident yeah six o'clock in the morning 
I had to move the Biscoff tub because it was in the way of something or other. And there was a bit on the lid and I was like, oh, I can just lick that bit off the lid. Like, that's not going to harm anything. And then I was like, oh, if I just like, you know, just get a little bit off the inside of the rim. And then like 30 seconds later, I've got a spoon out and I've had like seven spoons of Biscoff. And I was like squat down behind the door to the kitchen with my coat hood up like devouring this biscoff like a little gremlin and then one of my housemates walked through um because I'd obviously woken him up he'd fallen asleep in the lounge and he just looked at me I looked at him and he just went I'm gonna let you deal with the consequences of your actions and it was at that point where I was like yep this has gotta stop here so I put the tub away and then I think actually I leant over to pick something up and it came back up and I was like, oh, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my way into work, I, I messaged Vaughn and I was like, there's been an accident. I've been at the Biscoff. I've been like a little feral being in the kitchen in the dark eating it from the tub. And he just said, you know, shit happens. You've done it now. We'll address, you know, why it's happened, what you're feeling and all the rest of it. Get in the gym, have a good session move on new day like you know don't sweat it it's done what you've done don't beat yourself up for it because you're in a tough situation already and yeah to be in prep for that long on such low calories and high output and everything you're putting your body under so much stress you don't need to dwell on it and beat yourself up for it you know it it's going to be what okay it was like half of my calories for the day probably in that like one what were your calories at that point like what just over a thousand maybe yeah I think they were probably around a thousand probably a bit more than a thousand at that point um the lowest I had was 925 on a rest day mm. um I can't remember how low they went on a training day but it would have been about a thousand and then at the highest point of cardio was 16 and a half thousand steps and an hour and 10 minutes, seven days a week of Stairmaster. Oh, yours was more than mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about that point, it was very much when I was in the office, people were asking me questions. I remember one day someone asked me like, so what do you eat then, Kate? And I literally like, you know, when you can feel the cogs whirring. Mm. I could feel that and I just said to them I was like do you actually mean what specifically do I eat in a day like do you want to break down per meal of how many grams or are you asking do you eat chicken and rice Mm. do you know what I mean I was like you just vegetarian aren't you yeah yeah I'm vegetarian so thankfully it's uh, it's corn and rice (laughs) um yeah but yeah, I genuinely, I just didn't even know how to answer that question, which I feel like should be a pretty straightforward question. But you, you just so like all your energy is put into the gym that when it comes to general chit chat, it's just like just shut down. Like uh, I used to have a girl at work and like where I work, I mean, I'm going to hand in my notes soon, so I don't give a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> but where I work, as you like, pardon? I said, as you should. Uh, yeah. um, where I work they get a bit desperate with some of the people they uh, feel they need to employ um, and some of the people we therefore employ are a little bit simple and like where my hours were like 
how I'd structure my meals apart from my pre and post workout like pretty much every meal that I ate at work was always the same so I'd have chicken and broccoli yeah. or occasionally I'd get chicken rice and broccoli at the beginning of prep and then towards the end where we started putting some carbs back in me but that's what I ate at work like everything else was eaten you know at home before I went to the gym when I got back from the gym in the morning for breakfast or for dinner so I had my like eggs and bacon meal was either for breakfast or for dinner depending on if I was working early or late shift and the same reception so I had to walk down reception to get to um to like the staff room what have you got for lunch today <laughs> yeah. like chicken broccoli rice oh yeah very healthy yeah yeah thanks I go and get my food oh what you got for lunch and I just got to point I was like yeah I eat the same for every, day. every day yeah why do you ask me I just find it interesting <laughs> was it interesting the first time I don't know but yeah someone with such low IQ maybe it was yeah who knows I also yeah I got it in the office as well people would be like oh what have you got for lunch Kate I'm like the same today yesterday every day I plan all my meals so I just have complete ease you know you do the same thing every day so it's less to think about and I remember one day someone was like oh Kate for someone who doesn't eat much you eat all the time and I was like yeah because I split my meals so I can have enough food across the day yeah and I was like, yeah, I'm eating a fair portion. But I was like, this is like half a plate of greens. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not loads of food. It's not loads of calories. It's just making the most of what you've got. I mean, Dad said it to us, didn't he? He was like, fucking hell, you two guys, all you do is fucking eat. And we're like, yeah. Go yeah. to the gym and eat. Yeah. yeah. And I like it that way. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember where we've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but we we're just kind of talking about like how you found prep and like obviously the Biscoff incident that happened once and like you obviously came back from that, you learned from it. And like we've yeah. all been there, like I remember you ringing me and saying like, oh, I never remember you telling me about this. And I was like, I don't know whether I ever did, but like no. we've done it. Now, whether people admit to it or not is that. Yeah. And I think people are either like one end of the spectrum or the other and I think people will either have like um I mean for some people it is like a binge or maybe two binges during the whole of prep yeah um for some they just can't hack in they're just binge 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 and they're never going to get stage condition because all they're doing is binging now that is a real issue that needs kind of psychological help then um because I think often then that's something that's not right I'm not saying not right psychologically, but um, that, that needs addressing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's like one or two binges, I don't necessarily think that's a psychological thing. Like perhaps there needs to be some work done there as why you felt like that, why you felt you need to do it at that time. But actually, I think yeah. what we do is we we're expecting from our body something that's not natural because the levels of um, fat we go to, the levels of leanness we go to are not natural. They're not like if you yeah. are survival animals and actually they say that the, the people that are obese would survive longer than the people that are slim built or fit because, you know, in, in survival 
because their brain yeah. is so much more food just eat 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 where you can because you know you never know when your next one's coming from if i've got a shit ton of fat on me and i can't eat for two weeks because i can't find a mammoth to eat i'm gonna be all right if i've got fuck all fat on me because i've been starving myself so i want to look great and i can't eat for two weeks because i can't find a mammoth to eat i'm gonna die so yeah i think we very much like forget that kind of um instinct from you know years and years gone by that's that is in us that if you see food and like you can smell it as well that's the thing that people forget like yeah it's not in your mouth tasting it you can smell the food you can smell the sugar and your body is craving sugars fats yeah you know real high calorie high fatty foods um that was another thing as well when i was on prep and i'd have to walk 40 minutes into work um or the gym and I'd go past, I think it was six bakeries. Yeah. And just that for like when you've got food focus was like all you want to. I was eyeing up food on the floor. Like yeah. all you want is that. And that's like all your mind is thinking about. As soon as you see a bit of food on the floor on Stokes Croft, you're like, oh, no, no. Yeah. At least you didn't have so. Um, uh nephew Lenny um I think he was two at the time when I was prepping he would come up to me because he was living with us in one of the lockdowns with like half an eaten Maltese's chocolate bunny just come and sit climb on top of me because that's what children of two years old do and then just kind of leave his Maltese's bunny half melted stuck to my arm I'd be like cool thanks yeah appreciated mate um obviously a two-year-old can't really help that (laughs) He doesn't understand. Yeah. I don't want chocolate just on me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I get what you mean. And um, yeah, what I said is you often get that kind of binging, but then you also get people that kind of over-restrict as well. And I think that then can also be an issue. Um, and it's 100%. really that balance and that healthy mindset to be able to do this sport that in reality is really not healthy. Um I think people forget that as well, especially like working in the office. People mm. will be like, oh, you're so healthy. Oh, you go to the gym. And I'm like, this isn't healthy. Yeah. Please do not think for a second that I am healthy, like not in the slightest. And I think people realize that once I got to sort of stage lean. Yeah. Um, they then, you know, they wouldn't say it to my face, but my housemate after competing, she said, you know, you did look unhealthy. Yeah. And there were times when we were talking and you just weren't there. Because what did were your work all right with it? Because I know at one point my manager looked at me and he just said, I think I was about I was probably like peak week for my last show, and he just looked at me and he went, Molly, no more after this one for a while. And I was like, No, no, this is the last one. And he was like, Promise me. And I was like, Yeah, great, I'm done. And he was like, Cool. He said, Cause like now it's gone on for too long. And like to be fair, my prep did drag on longer than it should have done because of lockdowns and COVID and shit. Yeah. Um, but it was like I wasn't functioning properly at work and that was starting to become an issue yeah I can kind of get away with it because it it's kind of related to work I guess working in a gym gives me topic to talk to people about more people want to work with me because I'm a bodybuilder so therefore I must know what I'm talking about um (laughs) (laughs) that's a I mean, we've got some coaches that don't know what they're talking about. So, you know, we'll we'll skip over that one. Um, luckily, I, I like to hope I do. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does kind of get that relationship with clients. But apart from that, like, yeah, it, it, I was kind of a bit useless, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, towards the end, 
maybe like the last few weeks before going into peak week, I did struggle a bit. Um, and there were some days where I just couldn't catch up with myself. Like my days off work, I would be going to the gym, buying my food for the week, prepping what I could, you know, just catching up with every other thing that I need to do throughout the week because my weekdays were literally 5am till 9pm completely busy. And did you expect it to be as kind of intense and busy as it was? Um, I think the hardest part was when I had to get my steps up because I sat down all day at work. Yeah. I would say I walk into the gym in the morning, you know, that's a 40 minute walk. Then throughout the day, you know, that's what eight hours sat at your desk. Mm. You don't move around much. I can't move around when I want to. Um, and then to then go to the gym after, do my cardio. You're then like, fuck, I've still got another like 5,000 steps to do, even after I've walked home. And then it would be like, you know, half past eight at night in the winter. And I was dragging myself out going, I've just got to do another 3,000 steps and then I can go to bed. And I think for me, that was the most frustrating part because this is my first office job. When I was doing the shred before with Kerry, I was working in the pub. So I was hitting like 20,000 steps a day, easy. Yeah. Which is just so much, just takes out so much stress. If you don't, you don't have to go and do that again. Um, but yes, yeah, sitting down all day meant that that was just another thing to do. I think as well, like the time that it took to do everything, so like meal prepping, cooking my food and stuff, you know, prepping for the next day's worth of food just takes up more time in your day. So then when people are like, oh, but can you just come for a pint after work? Just one and then go to the gym. And I'm like, even that for me isn't worth it because that's just another half an hour of my energy before I can put that into the gym. Um, yeah. So I just didn't do a lot outside of that. I think like we went to the cinema once and I had my Diet Coke and some sugar snap peas um but yeah it's just it is difficult to get your social life in around that and keep doing stuff with friends the dpu going to prep as well mm. because then it is it is harder um yeah a lot of mums and like i love it because it's kind of like this challenge all the time of like okay how can we find ways around still being able to spend time with your kids which in my view should always yeah. be the, the most important um and prepping because yeah your mum in, in my opinion should be above competing like I don't yeah. get yeah. heading to the Olympia for to win Miss Olympia like being a mum should be above that 100% yeah regardless so if I have a yeah. client brings me and they're like oh Molly I was meant to go to the gym tonight and my son's just fallen down the stairs and broke his leg and I'll take him to hospital like take your son to hospital yeah oh yeah like 100% I think people need to remember that bodybuilding is your hobby and if that starts taking over your job and your capability to do your job especially if you're responsible for stuff in your job which can affect others yeah. then you you have to remember that, that that at the end of the day is your priority like I feel very lucky that in my job I got, I mean, I still got my stats to get like my bonus in my job during prep. And when my manager told me that, I was like, eh, you mean my brain's functioned enough to still achieve that? Which I feel lucky about that I've managed to keep that up because I know that other people have way more stressful jobs. Like my friend Fionn, who's an air hostess, you know, she was flying like two days before one of her competitions. And I was like, that's incredible. And then she started speaking about it. And she's like, 
well, I can't do a check-in if I wake up at 2 a.m. to go on a flight. I can't do my check-in then because I haven't slept. I haven't digested. I'm not, you know, I've not got the time to do that. If I go on a flight somewhere and my check-in day should be that morning, but instead I'm in fucking Rome, I'm not taking my pros and heels out to Rome. Like, so I realise sometimes, actually, I have it quite lucky um, compared to other people whose jobs are way more physically demanding and mentally demanding. Um, yeah, I am quite lucky that I'm sat at a desk and I've got free coffee all day to keep me going. Wow, yeah. That's good. So what kind of made you decide then competing? Because obviously you decided really to start training just because you wanted to get a bit fitter, lose a bit of weight, like all of that business like most of us do. Like what then made you think, yeah, I'm going to step on stage? I think um, there was a, quite a few things. Like I've always liked bodybuilding, like the shape of bodybuilders and how muscly people can get and how impressive it is. Then obviously I'd seen that you'd done it. And I sort of understood your experience to an extent. Um, And I think it's just, I need a goal to keep me at something. Mm. Like I said to you, when I was trying to train and I didn't have a goal in place, I found it difficult to stick to. And because I'd obviously watched you do it, I'd seen sort of the communities that you were in from doing it. You know, if you can do it, why can't I give it a go and put that as my goal? And I think at the time, I'm sure everyone has been there where you say, oh yeah I'm going to try and do a bodybuilding competition in a year and a half and then all of a sudden like you're like okay it's time to start prepping it all gets a bit exciting then suddenly you're doing a fucking bodybuilding competition and you're like what the fuck this was like a just like a goal to get me to try and get into shape to stick to and then suddenly it's become like your whole lifestyle yeah um and like I think when I spoke before like the first Maybe I think when we're still in off season, the first off season, I said, you know, I really do like the size of bigger girls. And I had this conversation with you as well that I said, oh, I'm worried that if I was to do bikini, I wouldn't even look like right in that, in that I'm not very elegant and sassy and sexy. Um, When you were on stage, did you feel out of place or did you feel like you were elegant enough, you were sassy enough? At PCA, um that was really fun I really did enjoy that one um and I felt like I still felt like I fit in the lineup do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. two bros was a completely different experience that one I felt I think you could just tell from the look of all the other girls they're way more feminine than I am um I love it because it's very feminine it's very flicky it's like you can I just find it a little bit more sassy, a little bit more more floaty. Yeah. I love that. But, yeah, for yourself, and I find it with different people. I had a card before and she wanted to move up to figure because she didn't like the posing. And I was like, I don't think your shape is figure. I think yeah. you're a different uh, federation. And yeah. where it's a bit stronger posing. And I think you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. It was definitely a different experience. I think as well. Like you say, I'm not a sassy, like, elegant person. And I think it reminded me as well, back when I competed in gymnastics, um, I remember my coach, Katrina, was judging on floor and we were competing on vault almost directly behind them. And she said, oh, I heard Kate on the vault. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, she just thunders up the runway and throws herself over it. You can hear when it's Kate. Mm. When it came to my floor routine, 
I mean, they gave me the fucking can-can so I could keep in time with it. I was that musically challenged. So tell me to, like, go full pen pelt at, like, an object and throw yourself over it, no problem. Go and dance around on the floor, no. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's never been my strong point. Because even, like, the sparkle and stuff, you were like, Molly, if I got to wear, like, glittery earrings and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But... It's kind of the look that you probably wouldn't give off because I know your posing is not going to be that sassy. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, like, I don't mind doing it. And, like, you know, I always say fake it till you make it, but there's only so much you can do with that mm. before you just feel like a dickhead. Um, and, I mean, I, I achieved that at PTA, you know. I've managed to throw my earring across the stage. Yeah, um, why? We're just going to put a little side note in here. This is why Jazz is so weird and asks everyone to measure from their earlobe to their shoulder so it doesn't dangle on your shoulder. Then when you flick your hair, you don't flick your earring out. Yes. Also, I had to get clip-ins, which was a lifesaver because I've stretched my ears on all of them. Um, I had to have the clip-ins instead of the normal earrings, which was really good find from Compaq. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just launched them across the stage and didn't realise until afterwards when we were at the side and someone went, um, ladies, did anyone lose an earring? And then we watched back the video and you see me flick my hair and throw the earring. <laughs> um, but yeah, two bros, I just, I didn't feel like I fitted in the lineup at all. I felt like all the other girls were way more feminine and dainty. They all looked stacked as fuck, but I just... I didn't feel like I belonged in in that federation or that lineup. Um, funny because you competed in that well, a very similar lineup. Because I know Emma and Fiona mm-hmm. were both in the same lineup as you. Um, was it a week after? Two weeks after? Two weeks after, yeah. So after in that one was Manchester, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then you beat both of them in that one. Yeah, that was a shock. That yeah. really did throw me completely. Mm. Um, but I think just the girls in the day at Two Bros were all yeah, you know, very different. Um, and I think, yeah, FitX, do you want me to go on to that one? Yeah, yeah, go on to it, yeah. Yeah. So FitX was obviously two weeks after, and I just met Fionn so at Two Bros, so we decided to stay together for FitX, which was really good, actually. Probably one of the best decisions of the season, because... Traveling and staying with somebody who's also competing means you just get to do everything together and the other person just understands. Yeah. So, Rebecca, you know, yeah, going to town together, like prepping our food together. We were both just, you know, in sync. We knew what we were doing, getting on with it. We both know what needs to be done and when. So that was really good. But obviously, Emma and Fion had both, Emma beat me at PCA as well. Um, she came fourth, which was incredible. Um, and then I think did you come second at two bros? I want to say yeah, but I, I wasn't there. I was only watching. I can't remember, but they yeah they both um, placed at two bros as well. So obviously knowing that I was going up against them at FitEx, I was just kind. Of, I was saying to Vaughn, I was like, I've already been beaten. I don't really know what I'm doing it for because I'm so in my head about going up against the same two girls. I'm just like, I'm just struggling with it because I feel like I'm going to go and it's going to repeat itself again and again. Um, 
And then on the day, I was obviously checking in with Fionn and I was thinking, fucking hell, she looks incredible. Mm. As well, like Fionn's stage presence is so elegant. Um, And Emma was looking like on the money as well. And I was just thinking, well, you know, they've beaten me before. It's the same thing. I'm not worried about the placing, but I just felt like I was repeating the same competition. Um, But that day was really, really fun. It was really relaxed atmosphere. really enjoyed that then when we're on stage Lisa had us go round and round in circles right Lisa works you like I always say this people are like really surprised when they they like I say to them oh Lisa will work you and then they always come on stage like oh my god we were on stage for ages like we were worked I was like yeah yeah and they're really not only just as an athlete like if you prepped for like 20 weeks you don't just want to go on stage you've gone around a quarter times and fuck off but like it's so the judging is right like I've yeah. seen so much that people just like chucked on stage, span around, yeah, cool, you've won. Bye. Like, no, I want to make sure that, yeah, you have won. Because you see people walk out on stage and you think, oh, that person's got it. And then when they start to move, you're like, oh no, no, they've got it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you can just kind of miss someone, you know, as they're walking out, you're so sorry yeah. you miss someone else. Um, so that's why it is done so much that so every single judge gets a good look at you. But yeah, so you did you did leads and you actually you come second, didn't you? So you beat both of them. So we ended yeah. yeah. What was the other goal? Alicia? Alicia was the one that won that one. Yeah. So Alicia was at PCA as well. So I'd met her um at first timers. So that was actually really nice that I was with her again. And obviously Laura was there, who was at first timers with us, little Laura. Um, so it was kind of nice to be back with the same yeah. people again. Um, in that respect but yeah Alicia smashed it um, and obviously Fiona and Emma did really well as well um, and that was a really nice experience to do that with them and then after that um, I think I had like a, a day or two off plan and then I kind of said to Vaughn like we'd spoken about doing other shows um, because I work alternate weekends it's kind of a bit difficult mm. um, and then I was meant to be moving house on the weekend that I ended up doing Man- no Leeds. Leeds so Manchester was the one that came second, then I did Leeds after. Um, I just said to Vaughan, you know, like, I think I could hold on for another two weeks. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the mindset that I'm like, oh, I'm fucking done with this. Like, I wanted to do something different and be in a different lineup. And like I said to Vaughan, I was like, I don't, I don't want to compete against the same, we'll have the same experience. I want to do it differently based on my feedback as well like um was it Vicky that I had my feedback from at Manchester yeah Yeah, she gave me incredible feedback compared to like the other federations feedback hers was like within 20 minutes of asking it was like this detailed paragraph about everything yeah and they kind of said like oh you know your delts are overpowering and don't worry about pulling more weight off the scales just to just for the look like you can be a little bit softer basically and so I said to Vaughan like let's do it let's do another competition different lineup different people we'll do different posing we'll try and hide the delts a bit yeah which obviously you tried to help me do um and yeah just have a bit more fun with it and just go in with it with no expectations and see what happens um changed quite a lot because you changed obviously we changed your posing as much as you kind of can because you're posing before, because like you said, you're not very sassy and stuff, was very, very strong, which is great. But when you've got such overpowering shoulders, I was like, we need to tone this down. Yeah. 
so we kind of toned it down quite a lot didn't we um yeah. changed it all about made it so you're you looked a little bit more in balance um, yeah and you changed your, you had a different color bikini didn't you did you change yeah. it? I remember now you're on about, I know you're on about changing it um I changed my hair changed my bikini we changed my clothing I was banned from pumping up backstage um I think we put in I think I was on about 2,000 calories a day going into that show. Mm. Um, so we put in a bit more carbs on the day. I think I ate a bit more. I can't remember what else we did differently. I don't think we did water any differently. And what was your favourite look out of the four of them? I think it's hard to say. Like, I did really like my PCA look. I think I enjoyed that one. I had more, like, a lot of fun at that one. Mm. Um, probably I, to be fair I did really like the green bikini and my hair down for the last competition Fit X Leeds um, and the posing I think that front pose that balanced me out a bit more probably did do me some favours yeah uh, they were all good though I was like happy with all of them just two bros I, I felt like a little poo yeah um did you feel like you improved like you know like your look um as a whole do you feel like it improved change today then because we know I know we said like the last one obviously you changed quite a lot and you feel like that was probably would you say that one would have been the best one or I don't know that it would have been the best I think I was quite a bit softer I went um PCA I think I think between PCA and FedEx Manchester I lost two kilos to come oh, down yeah um so that was like the leanest look and I did like that look. I was really happy with that. Then putting on was a little bit weird going into the last competition, but I was like, if that's what that's what they're looking for and we do things differently, then I'm happy to do that. I think it was just all very different and very different experiences. So I don't think there would have been a favourite. That's fair enough. Um, let's talk a little bit about a post-show. How did you find that? Um, to be honest, I don't think... I knew it was going to be hard. I didn't realise how hard it was going to be until I was there. And I remember saying to people before competing, I was like, this bit isn't the bit I'm worried about. It's the coming out of it Yeah, I'm worried about. Because um, I knew, like, I watched you do it and I saw how much it fucks with your head, putting the weight back on. So that was more what I was worried about because I knew how quickly you can put it back on. Um but to be two days, I just ate what I wanted. So I did eat like a bit of a dickhead. Um, and I think one day I was coming back from work and I was so bloated and my stomach hurt so much. We made it about five minutes down the road and then I had to literally lie down because I was in so much pain. Um, and then I think we shuffled maybe half the way home and then got an Uber because I was like, I just want to be home now. My stomach hurts. And that was from eating half a fucking donut that just triggered my stomach um it's weird because as you put on the weight I think when I went to go and see Laura and Sarah we were maybe four weeks two weeks no maybe two weeks post-show um and I was like oh my god I've put on like four and a half kilos like, this is ridiculous and we were all in the same boat mm. and we're all thinking oh my god it looks so fat we're like oh I feel horrible and we were all going to each other no babe you look fine don't worry about it chick and you say it all to your friends, but you won't say it to yourself. You wouldn't be kind enough to yourself to say, 
you've just got to a normal body weight. Yeah. And that's what it is at that point, is you're at a normal fucking body weight of a normal human being. And then we went out for a meal together and we were all we all said all day how fat we were and how horrible we felt. All of us wearing crop top and leggings. So it's like as much as you say you feel horrible, you want to make the most of that enjoyment with your friends because you know you've been waiting so long to enjoy those times. And then looking back to that now that I'm another, you know, what, eight kilos up from that weight, I think, fucking hell, Kate, you should have been happy when you was four key up. Like, now you've gotten further than that. Um, I think for me, it's more, I don't mind it day to day being this weight now, like 12 kilos up from my last stage weight. I don't mind it when I'm in the gym. It's only when I have to wear something nice or something in the office that's presentable that isn't a hoodie with toothpaste down it is where I really struggle um, because I don't feel like I'm the weight of a normal human being. I feel thick, I feel chunky. And I struggle with that being that I don't want to be thick to lift weight in the gym day to day where I feel uncomfortable. Um, but the food focus was a ball ache for the first few weeks and I just kept telling myself it'll pass, it'll pass, it'll pass. And you make these little allowances for yourself to be like, oh, well, you've had your calories for the day, but you're going to have, a, I don't know, like a squares bar on top of it or a Kit Kat chunky on top of it mm. just to do something. Um, but on the whole, it hasn't been completely traumatic. Um, I feel like for myself it hasn't been completely awful because I don't mind putting the weight on to lift heavy and I think that's a big difference as well like I think because both of us have been we've never been small small no um so I think for both of us that we don't really mind being bigger because we've never what saying that I look back at pictures of me and there was a period I think I must have been like 18, 19. I was quite small. Yeah, you were always like slimmer than me. Yeah. I think in my head I was bigger. I, I always said like oh, I was never never small. But then when I look back, I was like, actually, no, I was fucking tiny at one point. At one point, I was really, really small. Yeah, I think I've always been a little bit, a little bit chunkier than you have. Yeah. I mean, it's what Dad said that cracked me up. Dad said to Kate, he looked at me and then he looked at Kate and he went, yeah, I mean, I can see Molly doing all this, like, modelling bikini stuff, because she's that kind of build. But you, I think maybe you should do rugby or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mum's always said I've got rugby player legs. She's always said, oh, you got thunder thighs. Well, they're not thunder thighs anymore, mum. They're my fucking quads, and they're all I've got for me. <laughs> Where are the glute genetics, honestly? Yeah must have taken them well they might to be fair my glutes have never been great um, honestly when I was walking with dad the other day um I've been speaking to somebody about my calves and I looked at dad's calves and I thought do you know what I really have got his genetics and I looked at him and he was like what and I was like well I've just I've got your calves I've got your bib <laughs> and I've got your stumpy little height <laughs> that's, that's fairly broad shoulder though isn't he yeah I mean so I think I have I have just become dad's physique, which I don't think is something I want to yeah. be screaming and shout about on a podcast, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, our dad's... The first time dad lifted a dumbbell was when I acquired some from work um, <laughs> and took them home at lockdown, and dad helped me take them out of the car because I've got... 
one or two items that had been acquired. Put <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> was it one or two trips to the car, or was it? Um... I mean, the car may have gone back and forth to work a few times. <laughs> um, but it's, to be fair, everything was taken back, guys. If anyone from work's listening, everything was taken back. <laughs> uh, but that's the first time Dad lifted up a dumbbell and he went, oh, fucking hell, Molly, these are heavy. And I went, I'm going to take light ones, am I? And he went, let me try. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know about that. Hilarious. <laughs> <It was laughs> I tried to get him to spot me as well, shoulder pressing, and he was like, I don't really get all this, to be honest. No. Nah. I think um, at Two Bros, when I went with mum, I asked her to film my check-in. And I remember halfway through, she tried to correct my check-in. And I literally, you know, at this point, I've flipped. I was sick of it. We've been to Marks and Sparks to buy fucking bras for her, like, four hours before I was going on stage. And I was just like, you kidding? Now you're trying to critique my fucking check-in. So I was like, right, you stand there. And I was like, you, right, point your feet towards the bed. I was like, point your shoulders towards me. Now push your bum out. Now bring that shoulder around. She went, oh, 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 I I can't do that. And I went, right, okay. Well, if you can't do that, maybe let's leave it on the criticisms. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the only member of the family that is allowed to critique your posing, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And it's taken us for a while to get there as well. The first point, Kate was like, can you teach him to pose? Yeah. Oh, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's how you pose, Kate. That's ridiculous. Okay, well, that... <laughs> I, I don't really make the rules. Well, I can't do it. Okay, but I don't make the rules. Like, that's just kind of how you do it. I know. It's because I get frustrated because I don't bend. Like, my back does not bend. So you're telling me to, like, twist all ways. And I was just like, I can't fucking do it. And I'm, I'm bored of it. If I can't do something the first time, I won't stick at it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because a lot of people said to me, they're like, oh, did you praise your sister? And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> that make sense? And I'm like, no, it makes complete sense not to praise my sister. Yeah. And I did your last show, didn't I? Because we changed it all. But I think at that point you realised, actually, I wasn't talking out my arse. I do know what I'm talking about. And it's just that posing does hurt. And it's yeah. just, I've done it so much that I make it look like it doesn't hurt. But it does. I think it was just like the first time you tried to pose me, we could do like the front shot. We'd struggle at the side shot. Then we'd argue and stop. Then we tried again. Front shot, side shot, got to the back shot. We'd argue because I can't bend my back. And yeah. it would always get to the the back point where I'd stop and be like, I can't fucking do this. I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah. And then eventually I was like, right, well, I know kind of what I'm doing now. I just need your help to get this like perfected and tweak it and make it look better for my physique. Yeah. And then then that was fine. Yeah. So that was all right. Um cool. So it's kind of post-show. Um, if you could go back to the start of the journey, what would you tell yourself? This is like your bodybuilding journey. Um I don't know really. I think probably How about don't shout at your sister when she's just trying to help? Mm, no, it wouldn't have been that. <laughs> no, thanks. It would probably have been like take more time to prepare things ahead of time and be more organised. So like posing, I probably should have got on to way earlier on. I think I started that quite late to sort of perfect it when I had my lessons with Clara. Um, I think by the time at that point in prep, um, 
I was just getting so tired that I didn't want to do the closing lessons. I didn't have the energy to do them. I was just too, like, too knackered that I struggled with it and probably didn't make the most out of the lessons. Yeah, people underestimate posing a lot. Yeah. Kind of a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I just do it at the end. You're like, mm. no, it's going to be a lot harder than you think. Oh, no, it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I um I did some posing with my friend who's just started her bodybuilding journey. Um, she just started her third check-in. So we did some posing today and she just said like, does this get easier when you're leaner? And I was like, it gets easier in terms of twisting and there's no body fat to get in the way. You know, when I pose now and I do a side shot, there are a couple rolls stopping us from like rotating. But I said at the same time, you're doing the right thing by doing it now because it's so much easier to learn it now, learn the basics, get those nailed. And it's one less thing to do because, you know, when I was in prep and we're only like six weeks out or five weeks out and you're spending another 30 minutes in the gym practicing posing it's just another thing that's on your list of things to do yeah and I um, think well like when you're um so close your your brain's not working as well as it normally is yeah you already know you're posing it becomes second nature and then what you're working at in then is just tweaking little bits to make it yeah. as it gets leaner but like I've had clients where I've looked at them off season and gone yeah you want to hit this pose this pose this pose then they get lean and I go yeah we're gonna have to change your whole posing and they're like what and I'm like uh, yeah that doesn't work anymore yeah it doesn't work like we need to do this we need to do that and they're like all oh, right okay yeah but I wouldn't say they change the whole posing like it is then once you can pose it's so easy to tweak it yeah I think as well, if you've got your posing nailed, it's one less thing that you worry about on the day. Yeah. So like, I'd done my eye walk a thousand times in my check-ins every morning. And then when it got to it, I was like a rabbit in the headlights. And I just did whatever I could do there and then. Whereas yeah. I think if you know you're posing well, then when you come to it on stage, you just know what you're doing. You haven't got to think twice about it. Like even when we were um, backstage before we went on for PCA, we all did a little eye walk each, which was so lovely because all the girls were there like cheering you on. We were having fun backstage. There was a few dark moments backstage where you're just sat there and you're like, like nothing's going on in your brain. But at that point it was really nice and supportive. But then even then you're practicing on the day and you're like, oh, hang on. I don't know which way I want to face or like which way in my head I'm going to be standing. You don't know where you're going to be on stage and all the rest of it. So that just takes out that worry. And I think as well, like I said earlier about going to the workshop, go to the workshop, make the friends, have a support network that understand. Um, I think I was really lucky with my housemate, Jordan. Um, When I was competing, she started like researching all the different categories, bless her. And she was like, I just want to understand. So when you talk to me about it, I know what you're talking about. So, like, she's been out of her way to understand it. And, like, having people around you that get it is yeah. really helpful. So, I would say building that support network earlier on is, like, key. I don't know if I spoke this on my podcast before, but, like, they don't necessarily have to be bodybuilders. Because one of the main supporters for me when I prepped at work was a guy that does boxing. Yeah. Now, completely different sports. But boxing, you have to make weight. Yeah. Well, I can. He just got it when I was like tired when I was like is this normal to do this when you're so lean because I used to chew the inside of my cheeks because where my my face comes in first I look like a crackhead right we all know this because my face will come in I'd get that like loose skin around my face and I'd bite my cheeks all the time mm. so when I'm like is this normal and he'd be like yeah mate you're just getting lean 
and it, I can't I literally I wish I could remember what he used to call me he used to call me like a hot crackhead or something he'd be yeah. like yeah you look like a crackhead but like a hot one I'd be like thanks that's so mm, yeah hot. real confident <laughs> yeah yeah but like we just got it and actually at the moment he's um cutting a lot of weight for he's got his first like pro boxing match thing Mm. Went to be going to watch him um and he's cutting weight and we were all at um this course together like a first aid course and they're getting dominoes and they're like should we get him one i was like no they're like yeah, yeah. i was like no but he says he likes pizza i'm like yeah he does like pizza but he's the so don't buy him any pizza yeah he'll just get upset about the fact he can't have it now i don't yeah. know what food focus is like and i think actually he's pretty good but it's just that like saying to other people no and like just having yeah. him back because you know what he had mine yeah um, so yeah I think that's something as well like they don't necessarily have to be bodybuilders to get it but they just kind yeah. of think a bit 100% um how did you find having an older sister who had already like kind of competed in the sport older sister being myself um yeah. and like gone through it like how did you kind of find that um, I guess at the start it meant I would just come to you and I'd be like, why am I doing this? What is this? You know, why do we do this? What does this mean? What does that mean? What does someone mean when they say this? Which is obviously really helpful to have somebody that you can ask your stupid questions to. Yeah, it's um, as well, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's what I'm here for. I'm the little sister, irritating uh, by nature. Um, I think as well, having seen you go through it, I kind of, and not even like, you know, people like, oh, I've seen them do prep on Instagram. It's not like that. Like I'd seen you had the tantrums when we're in lockdown and it was you, me and dad living in a bungalow. Um, you know, I saw every moment of that and it gives you like a real expectation of how hard it is. Yeah. And when I'd speak to people, I would say like, I, I know that it's going to be tough. I've watched my sister do it but that's watching from the outside. And if I've seen it, it's been that tough. And I did say, I was like, if I ever got to the point where you were, where like, because you were also trying to organize a Hindu with the pressure of the mum of the bride, which was just ridiculous. Um, it wasn't even her. Oh no, actually it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like you under the pressure of that and doing all the rest of it. Um, I was like, if I ever got to that point where I'm just upset and like crying and it's, taking it out of me that I can't even do fun things with my friends then I'm not I wouldn't push myself I just said to myself if it gets to that point I won't go any further like I'm not sacrificing that and I so I kind of had because you and me are very very different personalities you know for yeah but like our age gap like I always say oh, it's my little sister but actually it's 18 months between us you're that you're not like people always like oh that's cute how old is she and I'm like oh she's 25 <laughs> yeah yeah no no she's not five yeah she's she's 25 um, yeah. but it's um like, but we are very very different and I, I guess that kind of goes back to childhood and things as well but I'm a lot calmer than you are most of the time like I think when I go I go and you really really piss mm. off I go um but you're you go a lot quicker yeah right this is this is how bad kate's um mood swings can be you get up in the morning kate's making herself a cup of tea oh good morning kate fuck off (laughs) it's not that bad (laughs) it's not that bad i just 
if no, if someone asks me a stupid question in the morning before I've had time to wake up, you're gonna get a fucking stupid answer. <laughs> and that stupid question might be, oh Kate, have you got work today? And I'll be like, well, why the fuck would I be up this early if I'm not working? So that's I think that's more fair. <laughs> I think you have told me to, to fuck off after saying good morning to you before. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm just like I would say you're probably more emotional than I am. I'm just yeah, probably more grumpy. Definitely. But I think I'm more of a thinker. I think everything through. So then I think that's why I'm more emotional. But then that's also like when I do get pissed off, I'm really pissed off then because I've thought about mm. it in my head. And then when I go, I'm yeah. like, have you really done something now to make me yeah. be that pissed off? Because normally I can think myself out of it and go, okay, they're just having a bad morning and maybe something's happened or whatever. Or, yeah, I can see their point of view, whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, other times I'm like, no, no there, there's always a point yeah. with everyone. No, I think, I do, um, I do think I'm just more like, a, I don't know. I'm just, I am grumpier than most, but I also think that I'm not as emotional. So, for me, yeah. I think the only tear was when I had to drag myself to the gym one day. I think that was about... Is that the only time you cried? There was one tear. Oh, I, I got to the point towards the end and I'd be training and like my mate would come into the gym and be like, hi, I'm like, you can't touch me and hug me. Like my mate Jade, she's lovely, but she's very, very huggy. And she come yeah. up, can't hug me because I'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll cry. And yeah. And I'm like, yeah, just, just go over there for a minute and then you can come back to me. But I have to do a sat on the leg press and it's going to make me cry. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think I'm not much of a crier anyway, but I think it was just one day where I was just, you know, you get those days in prep where it's just really shit. And I was just dragging myself to the gym and I thought, for fuck's sake, like this again. Yeah. And I remember walking up the steps, like walking to the gym and being like, don't want to do this, don't want to do this, don't want to do this. Walking up the steps, saying to myself, don't want to do this, don't want to fucking do this, putting your pin code in still don't want to fucking do this going into the change room still saying that to myself and then there was other people around but I don't think it was that busy and I went into the toilets and I just in my head was just going over and over like nah not interested can't be fucked don't want to do it um and then I think I had one tear and I was like I'm not fucking doing that I'm not fucking doing that I was like we're not crossing that boundary um and then I went back to put my like stuff together and what I really like doing is when I'm in the gym is wearing my shorts and a baggy T-shirt. So people look at me and they're like, is she wearing shorts or has she got she forgotten to get dressed? So I just put my massive hoodie on and it looked like I was just wearing a hoodie and no pants. And I thought that'll entertain me for my session. And then I just cracked on with it and <laughs> just thought people are going to look at me funny and that'll entertain me. And then I text one. And I was like, yeah, I'm having a shit day and it is what it is, but I'm going to entertain myself with that. And then that was it. I just got on with it. Yeah. But that was probably the, like one of the lowest. But yeah, I was also going back to what you're saying about having you watching you prep and everything. I will never forget. And I tell everyone the story. Do you remember when I was bulking and I was gagging on my food? Yes. And you were on prep. <laughs> so you know when like little things irritate you as well. And I'm sure I said it to you. I was like, you're eating really annoys me. And you were like, 
I'm just eating. Why are you getting so upset about it? <laughs> and I'm in prep and I'm fucking hungry. And she's there like, this food top. Like screaming. Like, no, it, was, it was when I was, so I was like, I can't do it. I can't finish it. I can't eat it. And you were like, don't say that to me. You wait till you're in prep and you'll be thinking completely differently. And then once I knew that annoyed you, I carried on gagging on my food. <laughs> you know what as well? There's a point on prep when you were like, you need to be supportive of me. And I was like, you weren't supportive of me, Kate. You used to really annoy me on purpose. And you were like, yeah, but you've been through it. So you have to be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> what a comment. <laughs> you did a mini cat and you were like oh, i'm really hungry vaughn's taking away my banana and i was like oh yeah go fuck yourself <laughs> <We're kind of laughs> double mine <laughs> <laughs> like proper emotion about you like yeah i haven't got banana now and it's really upsetting me and i'm so hungry and i was like i haven't got any carbs <laughs> yeah care. but it's so fun to wind you up as well like to be love having my banana but I think to be fair the fact you're so irritable just like... <laughs> anyway what was the next question um well it's just more about like um we'll just kind of go back to that one like how did you find obviously having me going through it was it just more kind of like you knew what to expect or yeah it definitely helped with my expectations to be like obviously I'd seen you prep firsthand, so I kind of had that expectation. Um, and I had the support that obviously you know what you're doing, so when I had those times, I could be like, you know, you've been here and how, like, went to you for support and stuff. I think as well, meeting people through you and yeah, having, yeah. like, other bodybuilding friends like Brad that I met through you, um, who was really helpful in prep, and then go into like the workshops and stuff and having you there to be like you know oh this is so and so and they train here and you'll meet them and it's just having somebody who's there to support you that you have like you're not alone in it which I think bodybuilding for a lot of people can be very lonely oh it probably helped with your confidence as well because I'm pretty good at talking to people um like I'm very much like that's another thing we're quite opposite and like I'm quite a people person to a yeah. point, I'm like, I don't want people anymore. But like, I'm quite good at, I'll go and talk and talk and talk to people. So I think for you, yeah. it's a good confidence thing for you. You'd see me go to these events and I'd be like, oh, this this person. And I'm like chatting away. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, I can actually talk to people and like, yeah. Bodybuilding blokes aren't scary because yeah. like, you see me chatting to big bodybuilding blokes and they're soft as shit and I'll take this out of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think as well, um, going to watch a show with you and then being able to ask you all the questions like when we went to watch Vaughn and Exeter and I was like what's going on here like why are they doing this why are they doing that so I could understand the stage more which would probably be something I would have if I had to go back to the start and say like you know I would tell myself to go and watch more shows and have a better understanding of how they work and yeah how things will be when you're on stage that definitely helps yeah absolutely um why have you decided now to move into figure um I guess there's like a few aspects to that as well so like like I said when we went to my first off season I said that you know I like the look of the bigger girls and I like it when it's someone's just like wham they're not just like 
you know, I know that bikini girls have to put on a lot of fucking muscle. Are you saying I'm not wham? Well, I mean, I can't see adults popping out the sides of that little seat, so... <laughs> Hang on. No one can see. <laughs> We're just here flexing at each other. <laughs> um, yeah, like I remember before, you know, if when you lean down to be a bikini girl, people don't look at you and think, oh, she goes gym five, six times a week. You don't look like you're strong and like that anymore. And I think being able to, like, when you see the figure girls and you think, holy fuck, like, they're jacked. That's what I kind of aspire to be. Like, I've always said to people, like, that is, like, one of my aspirations would be able to have people say that about me, be like, oh, she's jacked. Not just like, oh, yeah, like, they're strong or whatever, but be, like, you know, impressed by their muscles. Um, And that has always been something I like the look of, so going into bikini was like I want to do that to have the competition side of things but I think for me I would prefer to work on my physique more so that like day to day I'm the physique that I think wow that looks really good rather than competing in a category which I did enjoy but I think I would prefer to work on that and have a longer term goal to that that's cool um and also like when I put you in figure poses like you just look better in them yeah yeah I do enjoy the figure posing um and I think like once I can work on it and develop it like hopefully they'll look better on me and I'll fit into it better I know like I sent you the video of me, me doing the bikini poses now and you were just like nah like it just makes sense to do figure I think I think I said it before to you and then when I put you in them properly like a few weeks ago I was like yeah like your your shape just naturally like that and I think actually it was Romana like I was posing once with her and she was like you'll be a figure girl one day and I was like nah and she and she's like mm. Mm. you know and then I showed her you and she just went yeah she's gonna be a figure girl like her shape is just figure yeah yeah, and like I think this is what people can kind of do. And like I spoke to about a lot with uh, Margaret and Carly when they were both one, obviously both gone through figure and now both uh, women's physique competitors, is that the kind of look um, that both of them have and the shape that both of them have would never suit bikini. Like I've put Margaret in bikini poses just for like the fun of it. And she was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, you look weird. Yeah. It's just not, it's not her. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it just doesn't suit her physique. And her physique is is figure. And actually now is more women's physique. And the same with Carly. Like, they both suit that class incredibly, incredibly well. Um, so, yeah, and I think for you as well, like, just the shape you've got will suit that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think at the moment I'm just worried, like, I put a post up the other day, like, I'm just worried about people being, like, why do they think that they're going to go into that category? Because I know, like, you sometimes see people and you think mm, they probably need a bit more muscle like but you just wait and see how they go yeah but for I me because you will I put up a post saying about people thinking they're in a category that they're really not in and yeah like I feel really called out and I was like no it wasn't calling you out for wanting to grow into that category what I was saying is is people I've had so many people you know like, I judge like I know what you should yeah. in each category right this isn't coming from someone that's just like watched a bodybuilding show once and like I've had people and they're like 
oh yeah, yeah, I didn't place because I think I'm more figure than bikini. I'm like, love, you've got less muscle than me. You don't have the muscle mass. You don't. Yeah. Have you didn't win because you weren't the best. To put it, yeah. You know, I've got other. You know, I've got a client that I've taken on, and she was with a coach. And I mean, she will next time she goes on stage, she will be trained figure. She's fucking hench. Yeah. And her coach that was with her, her, she went with another coach for a little while and she left him. Um, and he said to her, you need to go in bikini. Now, the fact she'd done trained bikini before and won and done very, very well in training. Jesus, before, yeah. He told her she'd go into bikini next year, maybe trained. And I was like, no, no. Bigger, mate. I was like, you've got way too much muscle. Like she just grows and grows and grows. And I'm that's like, the thing as well. There's no point going into a category if it's not right for you. Then you're not going to do as well. No, but her shape doesn't suit bikini. It's never suit bikini. When I first looked at her, she told me she was doing bikini, um, and this is when I was just her posing coach. And I was like, okay, you're not going to do bikini. I was like, you won't place in it. I was like, I'm not being horrible, but you're not. You're not bikini. She's like, what? I was like, you're, you're not. Yeah. You need to go into train bikini. I said, but realistically, looking at you, I said, you're going to figure one day. And I said, it won't be long. Mm. She's not competing this year. She's going next year. And she's putting a hell of a lot of muscle. There's no way she's going into bikini. Like, no way. And that's knowing yeah. the criteria of the classes. Yeah. Also known yeah. And then she comes in super lean. But yeah, that's what that post was about, is actually knowing the criteria of the class, not just going, well, I didn't place in this class, so that must mean that, like, I've obviously got too much muscle or... And, and, and that's what people seem to think that like they've got too much muscle for bikini okay so you weren't the smallest on stage and you didn't place that doesn't mean you didn't have enough muscle maybe we need to look at yeah. like your conditioning you know which yeah. is really out um it might have been your um posing that just made you look and i've seen some really really horrendous posing on stage that just you look at them and you're like if you could pose you place mm. um you know it, it, it can yeah you know real big imbalance um that that threw you off it's not that you're not that class is and that's why you didn't place you know and it might just be that there's people on stage that are genetically a lot better than you have been at the game a lot longer yeah. brought themselves in a lot better condition know how to pose really well got a lot better balance and and that's why they're placing above you and i think again yeah it's really overlooked is actually balance and that's yeah what kind of got you wasn't it was yeah like conditioning perfect the size upper body and quad wise cool. <laughs> yeah but your glutes and hamstrings weren't there and that's why you didn't place and i mean i know you're very open about talking about it um yeah well you did place didn't you but you know it wasn't in in we other knew that my glutes were like yeah we knew that my glutes needed work so yeah, and it's looking at that X-frame and that balance because your delts are so big, it throws what glute you have off. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it as well. Like when I said I was going into off-season, everyone's like, oh, what's the plans for like competing next year? And I was like, absolutely, fuck no. I was like, I'm not competing next year if I'm not ready to compete next year. And we don't, you don't need to compete every year either. Like I think it's just become this kind of thing. Like, oh, every year you compete. And like, I get questions about it all the time. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if I will be. You know, yeah and that's cool but um yeah people seem to make it this thing like you've got to compete back to back to back to back like um actually it's kind of good to have some time off if you want to bring a package that's better than the last time you stepped to the stage exactly season 
I'm not being funny is never going to bring that. And people think like, oh, look how much muscle I've put on in these two weeks. I'm sorry, love, it's fat. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Like, if I was to compete next year, well, that would only give you, what, like six months of actual growth time? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not a long time to try and build another fucking, I don't know, how much more on my glutes that I would need and to balance out. Especially as a female. Well, or natural male. Because you're not you're not pushing that drug usage you're not pulling yeah you know, i've seen some incredible transformations from men in like three months yeah they're pushing they're pushing peds like fuck like and as a girl like most of the time you're going to be natural if you're not like that's completely cool but you're not uh, well yeah but you fucking shouldn't be pushing peds stupid so yeah you know you, we've got that to think about as well so. yeah you do have to be realistic with it like realistic with your targets yeah, exactly. All right, I'm just going to get these questions up from Instagram. Uh, one question was from Brad, just said, no questions. Just love for you both, Brian Gang. Because Brad is okay. our coach now, because I changed coach, which apparently means Kate does as well. <laughs> that wasn't the intention, but... Happens. Um, this one, I don't actually know who sent this one. I don't know why. Oh, Rebecca. Um who I competed with at Fitex and NFM UK last year. Um, she said, favourite federation and why? And what federations do you wish to do figure in in the future? Um, favourite federation would be Fitex, of course. Um, I had the most fun with them. I would like to do PCA again at a less busy show to see how that goes. I think PCA, we just had a really long, busy day. Um, but it was still fun. But FEX, I felt the most um, like it was athlete first. Mm. Um, and, you know, Darren was running around behind stage. He like he knew who was where at what time. And he took a lot of care and attention into what he does. Um, he listens to so, these. So he'll like that. Well, yeah, I remember listening to his and thinking, oh, actually, I really can't wait to compete with FedEx because I heard how much passion he had. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people said that to me. They're like, oh, my God, yeah. like, compete with FedEx. So I listened to the thing. I was thinking, so I listened to it. And now, like, I can't wait. I'm like, yeah. He's lovely, lovely Blake Durham. Yeah, he was wicked. That's cool. So, yeah, probably FedEx on PCA then. Yeah. Um, Someone called Holly. Not sure if I know this person. Did competing bring you both closer? I'd say so. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. You ring me now a lot more, whereas before we just didn't really talk. I was like, yeah, yeah I've done really talk to her. She lives in Bristol, cool. Thanks, bye. <laughs> now, like, I speak to you like a couple times a week, I'd say. Yeah. Um, did you feel pressure to do well having a sister already successful in bodybuilding? Thank you for this. Yeah. Time. You did. Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels like there's like, you know, like big boots to fill to follow your footsteps in it. But yeah. then at the same time, you have to remember that our circumstances are so different. Yeah, but then and we're such different people. Your first, my first year, I didn't place, and I lost one of my shows. Didn't I place in the other one? So it was your first season as well. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, but I guess I don't really think about it like that. I just think my sister's got a fucking sword. So, yeah. 
yeah yeah it definitely is like uh I like I remember speaking to Vaughn about it and being like oh you know because Molly's done so well I feel pressure to do well as well and then you kind of remember actually we're both on different journeys we're both in different circumstances yeah. and have different backgrounds from it so then when I think about it realistically like that I think now nah, like we are we're yeah. different so um and the final question that everyone gets us on this podcast yeah for anyone listening what's the one thing you would like them to take away from today's podcast so I think my one takeaway would probably be to get ahead and prepare yourself so listen to all the podcasts about post-show before you get to post-show don't do what I did and listen to them post-show um I would say get your posing and early, get everything prepped and watch the shows before you go to compete so you know what to expect. Like, you know, talk to people, make those support networks so that when the time comes, you're ready. Yeah. And it's not like learning as you go. I think that would probably be the main things that I would say would have helped my journey more if I had done that before. Um, and I would also say don't live in a house with five kilos of biscoff spread <laughs> at your fingertips. Yeah. Prepare the environment for what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kate, for joining me on my podcast today. Um, if people have got any questions for you, if they've got anything they want to ask you, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram and my handle is Kate underscore inner underscore Keeney and you can message me whenever just not before maybe 8 or 9 a.m probably okay. if people message you like you could just not respond so maybe just don't don't tell them when <laughs> to message you just maybe say don't expect a response until <laughs> yeah 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 or a polite response yeah I mean, I'll be polite to people that approach me, I suppose. Yeah. 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 There you go, then. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you can message Kate um, about anything you want to know. So, yeah, thanks very much once again, Kate. And I will see you all on the next episode of the podcast. Um, so, yeah, see you all soon. Thank you very much for listening once again. Please um, subscribe to the podcast. Please share the podcast if you enjoyed it um, on your Instagram. Tag me in it. Tag Kate in it. Um, and yeah, spread the word. Hashtag fitcast. It's all about getting thick in it. With three C's. Do you want to say bye? Yeah. Bye. <laughs>